have to stop and say, you know, who is a person on my team who could do this activity 80% as well as I do? And if there is somebody, then you can delegate it. Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franson. Welcome back to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, and I'm Dr. Pete Camiolo. And I'm Dr. Stephen Franson. We're thrilled to be with you here today, and we are picking up with part two of a three-part series on delegation mastery. Remember, the bridge between the owner-operator and the CEO is delegation, and we're digging in. We listen to you. We knew this was something that you wanted us to dig into and go deeper, so we are going layers deep, uh, literally 10 layers deep because there's 10 steps for us to go through, and we are going to be hitting three more steps today in delegation mastery. Quick recap of what we covered in the last episode, and if you haven't listened to that episode, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to the previous episode to this episode because we went through really setting up the framework for the series, and we went through the first four steps. Those four steps we went through, number one is identifying specific desired outcomes. And again, this goes back to the vision. What is the desired outcome? You have to have that vision as a CEO. That's your responsibility to drive that. Number two, identify the actions that produce those outcomes. Again, a CEO activity. Number three, apply the 80% rule of delegation. And number four, identify the best qualified team member. Gave a couple great examples like starting and launching a a fitness program, which turned into a gym and launching an outside talk program. Again, it's not about those specific things, but we're giving those as examples of what we've done specifically as examples in our clinics that actually drove outcomes that we desired, which was, you know, transforming our communities, reaching more people, more new patients, more referrals, bigger businesses, more revenue, bigger impact, the things that we want to create, but doing it in a way where it's scalable and durable. Here's the deal for you as an, as a CEO talking to you, the tendency to try to control everything, it's going to be there because they're, your standard is high your vision is big, your conviction is strong. And so again, you have to be committed to delegating and delegating well. And that's why these 10 steps are our gift to you. They're a tool. It's a process. It's a system that if you apply it, it's going to enable you to have that freedom. So you can have that remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life and not instead of one. So let's start diving into uh, the next steps here. Dr. Steven is uh, one of my, my favorites. And I know one of yours as well, which is once you've identified the best qualified team member, it's time to set expectations and make agreements. Yeah, so I think we can all agree that you know we, we're, what we're looking for in our lives are successful and productive long-term relationships. Uh, and if you're like me, you look back at the landscape of your life and look across your, your, your successful relationships, your successful long-term productive relationships, they'll always have two things in common. They started with really clear expectations from the beginning and honest agreements. So setting expectations and agreements are such, it's, this, is, this is literally the linchpin for successful delegation. This will make all of the difference, right? So if we look back and you know, we used the example in the previous episode of creating an outside talk program, 
Um, let's, let's just flesh that out here. Just again, for the sake of illustration, the first step was what was our, when it identified specific desired outcome, the specific desired outcome was more new patient prospects coming in from our outside talk activities. It's like, that's the specific desired outcome. Number two is identify the actions that produce those outcomes. The specific actions are, it comes down to being able to do more talks. Like you go upstream from producing new patient prospects from outside talks. Well, you have to do more talks. In order to do more talks, you have to have more relationships that you could leverage into outside talks, right? Which means that you got to do networking because we all know the bottleneck here is not you getting up in front of a group of people and delivering a compelling talk where people want to come in and get their spines checked. The bottleneck on this, on as far as productivity is concerned, it's finding the opportunities to get in front of people, right? So we knew the specific activity upstream from our desired outcome was networking to get more opportunities to do outside talks, right? So applying the 80% rule of delegation, that's step three, you have to stop and say, you know, who is a person on my team who could do this activity 80% as well as I do. And if there is somebody, then you can delegate it. If the answer is no, you know what, there isn't anybody, then, then you keep this responsibility, right? This is, this is okay. This is something that I'm uniquely qualified at doing. So I'm going to keep it. If it's not a clear, no, you know what, this is my strike zone. This is my fastball. This is my zone of genius. Then you got to say, if somebody can do it 80, at least 80% as well as I do, then I have to delegate this away. I have to delegate it away to free up my own time, energy, and focus so I can redirect that time, energy, and focus into my zone of genius. And that's where the 10X lives, okay? And then it's once you've decided I could delegate this away, identify the best qualified team member. Like who is that person? Once you've identified that person, you sit down with them and you do what Gino Wickman from Traction calls the GWC. Do they get it? Do they want it? Do they have the capacity to do it well? Is this person hardwired to do it well? Do they want it? You know, is this something that you really want to do? And do you get it? Do you see it? Do you understand the vision of what we're trying to produce? And do you see your role in actually producing it? And making sure that they're super clear. This is what I'll expect of you. Okay. So in order for this to be a success, in order for you to be a contributing member of this team and this initiative, this is what's expected of you. This is what it's going to take. This is what remarkable looks like. You're going to need to do this, 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 and this. Any questions? Are we totally clear on that? And what are your expectations from us as far as training and support, technology, et cetera? Like, let's have a conversation where we set up expectations and then we make agreements around those things, including the time, energy, focus, and money involved, right? So this is how much time I expect you to spend on this. This is how big of a priority this is as far as your focus is concerned. This is how much energy this is going to require from you. And this is how we're going to set up our compensation. We'll be back to my conversation with Dr. Steven right after this. Hey doc, if you're looking to create a business and not a job, then you're going to need a predictable and systematic way to produce a steady flow of new patients. The best place for you to achieve this over a short period of time is at the Remarkable Practice Attraction Immersion coming up April 3rd and 4th, 2020 in Chicago with our special guest, Roberto Monaco. Over the course of two powerful days, you will learn how to create a steady flow of new patients on a consistent basis. This will relieve your stress, double your impact, and increase your collections. 
Let's put a proven system to work for you. Roberta Monaco is coming alongside of Dr. Steven, myself, and the TRP coaches to teach this seminar through the weekend. If you don't know Roberto, he's the premier undisputed heavyweight champ of influential and persuasive speaking in chiropractic. Of the many things you're going to learn, here are a few. How to fully leverage the power of speaking and do it with confidence. How to speak to transform versus to inform. How to tell stories that will move people into action. How to effectively increase your conversion and get leads from all your speaking activities inside and out of the office. Come and train with chiropractic's best. Hang with the remarkable tribe and take your practice to new heights. Through the month of March, podcast listeners only are going to get $100 off their immersion ticket. That's right, you and two of your team members will be able to join Dr. Steven, myself, Roberto Monaco, and the remarkable team of expert trainers and coaches. To grab this special deal, go to www.theremarkablepractice.com forward slash events. Use the promo code IMMERSION2020. That's theremarkablepractice.com forward slash events using the promo code IMMERSION2020. I-M-M-E-R-S-I-O-N 2020. Do not pass up on this deal because it ends March 31st. I can't wait to meet you in person in Chicago. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is absolute gold because this is where I think if you go through the methodology and you, and you don't do this step, this is a big misstep. And I know I've misstepped here. Um, I think we can all have, you know, had experiences where we misstepped here, where we maybe found somebody who to delegate to and you passed it to them and maybe they were very you know, qualified, et cetera, but you didn't set the expectations and agreements. This is where, again, this can be a, a misstep here. And there, there, this could be an issue of, you either just don't know how to set them up. Number two, one, number two, you're, you have, um, you know, you just have a hard time with con confronting people. Uh, you know, maybe confrontation is a challenge for you. You, you tend to really want people to like you and, and, uh, and you do a great job of that. And that's your, one of your superpowers in many ways. So you're, it's hard to know how do I apply that to my team? Uh, you know, so there, there's definitely some, you know, uh, you know, subluxations that we'll find through this process so, you know, when it, when it comes to this subject matter, you know, we talk about tools and that, that's the beauty of, of having a tool is that if, if, you, if you want to do expectations and agreements well, one of the things we talk about is it needs to be written down or it doesn't exist. And then it's identifying where is that written down and how do you capture that? And that's, again, we've covered this in previous episode and in the Remarkable Practice and the Remarkable CEO, one of the things that we talk about is how important tools are, but tools aren't the solution. They're part of, the, of, of a solution to creating their more remarkable practice and a more remarkable life. And one of the tools that, you know, does this better than any is the scorecard. And that's where you're able to capture what is the expectation? What are we agreeing to? What are we actually going to be training on? What are we focusing on? What are we going to be meeting about when we meet? What should you be focused on? And, and what are we going to be holding you accountable to? What are you going to be reporting? This is all a, can live in one place. And this is the value of a tool such as the scorecard. So for, for those of you who this is an area where 
you maybe have hit hit a hit a wall. You've delegated, but you've not done a good job maybe managing it once it's it's transferred. There's a missing piece in that in that process. This is where I know a lot of people get stuck is right here at this step. Step number five, which is expectations and agreements. It has to be written down, has to be captured, and it has that that's how you again finish these next five. You've got to do that. And the scorecard is is the tool that helps you do that. Yeah, this is a perfect example of the simplexity model. Because uh, I know a lot of people struggle with scorecards because they're hard. <laughs> you know, they're hard. But they're the hard thing that makes everything else easy. So, uh, you know, the simplexity model, I love it. It's like you're operating at this level. And for those of you who are watching us on YouTube, you can see my hand where I am. You're operating at this level right now. And you have to go over the hump of this complexity to get on the other side of simplicity, right? So, so to get on the other side of this, the, the scorecard is a perfect example of you got to push through. You got to push through. You got to get up over the hill of that. It takes, it's a heavy lift. I get it. It's a new skill set for you. Maybe you might feel like it's an awkward conversation, be able to sit down and be able to say, okay, so let me delineate these steps. Let's set your key performance indicators. This is how we're going to measure it. And this is what we're going to talk about when we have meetings, right? So that might feel a bit awkward to you. I get it. Um, because so many, so many Kairos are attached to everybody liking them. Okay. So don't, don't confuse your role here, guys. Your team members aren't looking for friendship. Okay. They're looking for leadership. So you want your team to trust you. And so much trust comes when you're really clear on setting expectations and agreements. This is what a win looks like. Okay. So this is what's expected of you. Let's set up this relationship for success. Let's be really clear of the outcomes we're looking to drive. Let's look at the activities that it's going to take to reach your, your goals. And let's train and equip you to make sure that you can do this really well and everybody wins, right? So this is the conversation that this will set you free, guys. This will set you free. Scorecards will be the inflection point for you. That'll make this, this is the hard thing that makes everything else easy. And for some of you, you might be sitting there having a holy shit moment right now, and I totally get it. You might say, oh my gosh, I've never sat down and done expectations and agreements with my team. I do them with my patients, and that seems like it makes, it makes sense. But with my team, I've never done that with my team, or I've not done a good job with it. And I've got, you know, now I've got all these team members around me that are working hard. They're trying hard. They're working a lot. They're busy. <laughs> That's what this sounds like when you don't have scorecards in place, right? Versus being productive. How do you make that shift, right? So how do you take the situation that you've tolerated or this situation that you've created and how do we take that sort of cat circus and turn it into a production machine? Well, this is the scorecard once again. I love what my pastor says around this. We're all one awkward conversation away from fixing every jacked up relationship in our life, right? So sit back down with your team and be like, you know what? I've got a new tool to help me be a better leader for you guys, all right? So work with me on this. We're going to create this scorecard. We're going to get expectations and agreements in place so that we're all aimed at the same target. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is where the rubber hits the road. You know, we talk about where... This conversation that we're having is a great thing to listen to. It's a great podcast where the rubber hits the road is where there's action being taken. And again, I'm going to encourage all of you who are listening, even if you are doing this, to look at how you're doing it, how you could do it better, because this is an area where we talk about how, you know, an act of kindness is, is you know, teaching people and telling people about chiropractic. 
teaching people, uh, you know, giving people expectations and agreements. That's an act of kindness. That's leadership. So leadership toggles between challenge and support. There's challenging and there's supporting. That's what a leader do is constantly navigating that toggle between I'm challenging, but I'm supporting you. And this is where I'm challenging and I'm supporting you at the same time. This is one of those beautiful tools. It's a win-win. And people understand human beings are wired to know what's expected of me. Do I know what a win is? And, um, and that's what's going to keep them coming and keep them motivated and inspired. That's when they, when they pose the questions to workers, what is it that they want to know? That's what they want to know. And so I, we got to move past the emotion here. Got to move into creating structure. So the step of setting expectations and agreements, again, again around time, energy, focus, and money. This is so that there can be execution and there's can eventually be accountability to that. So the, set, the next step in this process is incentivize, okay? So, because we, we, we just finished a series, and if you hadn't listened to that series, I highly encourage you to go back as well as listen to our series on you don't get what you want, you get what you measure. And one of the things that we've said in that series is you don't get what you want, you get what you incentivize, right? And so um, we, again, we are human beings. I know I look forward to things. I know, Doc, you do. I know all of you who are listening. You look forward to things. So you incentivize. We all do incentives like cup of coffee first thing in the morning or end of the, you know, the, the week date with your spouse or you, 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 what are the things that incentivize you to like stay focused and get things done and do your best work? And it's not always financial. Oftentimes it is, but there's a lot of other amazing things that people are motivated by and inspired by. So even when we go through incentivize, this is where you have to know your people is you got to know who you are working with because different people respond to different things and incentivize them. And so again, this is, this is a, such an important part. So once you've set the expectations in the agreement, so you've delegated to this person who can do it 80% as well as you can. This is their zone of genius, right? Because they get it. They want this. This is something they have the capacity to do and do really well. When you look at their talent, when you look at their heart and their skills, you say, hey, this person is, this is a perfect setup for them. Um, you've delegated to them. You've set the expectation agreements. Now there's incentive, right? So incentives for performance, right? This is all about performance um, because we're not just looking to delegate things off of us. So we have a little bit more freedom and we're like, man, it feels good to get. It's about performance, about the outcomes that we're driving. And that's where the incentivization comes in. Man, this is such a fun space to get creative, guys. So when you do incentives, like Dr. Pete said, you don't get what you want, you get what you incentivize. You got to open up your mind to like incentives. It's, it's yes, I get it. It's money. That's a big part of it. You got to make sure you get the money right. But let's remember the energy equation, right? So remember, your results will be a reflection of your energy, right? So when the energy is up, the results are up. When the energy is flat, the results are flat. When the energy is down, the, res the results are down. We all know this to be true. Your business, your practice, your results are always a reflection of your energy. So let's remember the energy equation is E equals MC squared, right? Energy equals money times crucial communications. So uh, the, the multipliers on, this, uh, on, uh, on the right side of the equation are MC squared, money times crucial communication. So you gotta get the money right, okay? So make sure that everybody feels like they're in fair exchange, that they're recognized and edified and in fair exchange, right? So money's great, everybody needs money, everybody wants more money, right? But at the end of the day, not everybody is fully incentivized and motivated by money. And you know what? Money's expensive, right? So don't just try to throw more money to get more energy and more productivity. Get creative with this. 
so I love the five love languages. I love the five love languages at work. You need to learn, you know, about your people. How do they like to be recognized? How do they like to be incentivized? Uh, you know, I look back at my team and I can remember the, you know, the disparity among my team members. You know, my, you know, my check-in CA, man, she would, if I stood her up in front of like an advanced workshop and said, how awesome is Alexis, right? So isn't she amazing? Can we show her some love? Because she shows you guys all so much love. The, the, she'd get a standing ovation, the crowd would cheer and you'd see her go. And her sail would fill with wind and she'd be good for 60 days, right? That was all, that was all she needed. Sarah, Sarah loved cappuccinos, right? So she got a $25 gift certificate. It showed that I cared. I, I actually understood that that was something that she loved. And that was like our little thing where it's like, here you go. Here's a nice work on this. And I would give her a little bump on that. And she would have the, you know, your next five cappuccinos are on me. And she would be stoked that I like understood that about her. Right. Uh, you know, whereas I had one CA who all she wanted was to be recognized in front of the team. You know, she was contributing on a high level and she just wanted to get the credit in front of the team, which I totally appreciated and got right. She didn't want to get put up in front of people. Right. Uh, she just wanted to, the team to know that she was the one that did that. So I recognized that. And then, you know, Nina, you know, in the back office, uh, so introverted, magic one on one with people, but just does not want to deal with all the, um, the hoopla that comes with recognition in a crowd. If I stood her up in front of the advanced workshop and recognize her and get her a round of applause and everybody came up and gave her a big hug, she would kick me in the shin and quit and run out screaming, right? She, all she needed was a little post-it note, <laughs> right? That said, Nina, love you, appreciate you, wouldn't want to do it without you. Just put it on her screen. And that was that, right? So know your people, know what incentivizes them so that you're not insensitive and you're just throwing money at people. That's, you know, that very often it can be turnoff, right? So next thing you know, you're spending your money and they don't even want that or appreciate that. So money's great, but make sure you that you know your people when it comes to incentivizing them. Now on the flip side of this is consequences, right? So you want to make sure that there's always a carrot and a stick, right? So remember the fourth crucial communication in the equals MC squared equation is discipline, making sure that you have guardrails and discipline. So in all of these relationships, you know, your team members and your patients aren't children, you know, but there is a parenting component to being a leader, right? So being a good parent is being a good leader and there's always clear boundaries and there's guardrails and there's discipline that makes those guardrails real. So we want to make sure that we don't suck all the energy out of the room by letting somebody be out of integrity and not, you know, following the expectations and agreements that were laid down. And everyone on the team knows that that patient or the person on the team, the teammates is out of integrity and you are not doing anything about it. Right. So at the end of the day, there's nothing that sucks the energy out of the room like that, letting somebody operate out of integrity with the leader, not stepping up and leading. Right. So you're the person that has to have that come to Jesus meeting get them back on the rail or get them out of the boat, right? So, and you know this to be true, guys, because every time you've done it in your past, you've told yourself stories, you've told yourself stories, you've procrastinated on getting rid of somebody who is on your team. Next thing you know, you've got this staff infection. It's completely derailing your business. And you recognize that the second you finally let them go or they quit and everybody on the team looks at you and goes, what took you so long? Yeah, and I think that this, um, this, uh, subject of incentivization and and rewards and consequences leads beautifully into the next part of the delegation me methodology and and to master is training and equipping because once you delegate to someone 
and you you transferred the expectation and the agreement for them to actually hit their goals, hit their targets, exceed their goals. Uh, there is a training and equipping that comes that comes alongside that. So I'll just I'll just tell you know, back it up this way. So if you delegate, but you never train, you never equip, and you set this reward and consequence, but you've never trained and never equipped them, and they don't hit their goals. As a leader, take responsibility for not doing your part. I would say that leadership, like you said, it's not friendship that that the people are after. It's leadership. And part of leadership, number one, is setting the expectations and the agreements. It is setting incentive for that. And it is setting the training and the equipping process in place so that the people that you are delegating to actually are equipped to win. And so this is a significant part. And so you take responsibility in them winning. You feel your part in the process of them succeeding and if they don't succeed, I can also take responsibility for that because you know what? I could have done a better job training you and equipping you for those networking events. I, I could have done a better job just how to, um, you know, how to get those, those conversations going, but then also how to turn that conversation into the next step, which is, you know, hey, we're going to meet for coffee or we're going to follow up with you. Like, I've not done a really good job training you. I told you what to do. I told you how to do it. We never trained on it. And training is role playing. So training is actually going through the process of doing it. I'm going to do the actual thing that, that I do, or I'm going to, you're going to do the actual thing you're going to do. And I'm going to observe, or I'm going to participate. And then we're going to give feedback and we're going to, we're going to go into that. And we're going to say, Hey, how can we do that better? Like if you do this, that's going to end here. But if you did this, you're going to get here. So what is it going to take for us to do that? And, and so again, this is where the training comes in. And you know, we love talking about sports, but when you think about, you know, someone who has talent, talent and skill are not the same. The skill is developed over time. And, you know, so, okay, I'll just go with this as an example, because we all know what recently happened to Kobe Bryant. So Kobe Bryant was a guy who um, had incredible talent. I mean, undeniable talent and, you know, came from a family of talented you know, athletes. His dad was a professional basketball player. He was a professional basketball player. But one of the things that you always heard with Kobe was his commitment to training. He would get up at four or five o'clock in the morning and hit the gym. He would do one a days, two a days, three a days. He talked about his commitment to training because he knew for him, because he'd been getting been given and gifted by God with talent, natural, raw talent but he trained the skill of playing basketball. He trained on the skill of shooting, on the skill of dribbling, on the skill of you know, passing, on the skill of all of the, the things that you do in basketball. So he trained on the skills to support his talent. We delegate to people that have got the talent and we don't train them, we have dropped the ball. We have dropped the ball on that because again, just because again, there's somebody who's got the talent, the skills are trained up skills are constantly being refined, constantly being improved. And as a leader and a CEO, it's, it's your responsibility to keep the training culture and environment going so that the team keeps winning. You know, Dr. Pete, we can't say it enough. The best return on your investment of time, energy, focus, and money is training and equipping your people. I hope you've written that down. I hope that's become your mantra. 
I, we are going, we're, we are going to brainwash you with that understanding that the best ROI comes from training. A distant second is marketing, right? So it's just like, listen, understand that your best return on your investment. In other words, the best use of your time, energy, focus, and money is in training your people. If your desire to take your job and turn it into a business, which means creating scalability, durability, and eventually transferability, you have to train. This is a key to it. This is the secret. It's the secret sauce. And training is beyond just onboarding and getting people to a point of competency. It's about regular training that develops a mastery, right? This is a fitness issue, okay? So athletes like Dr. Pete said, they never stop training. They never stop practicing, right? So it's they have talent, they build skills, and then it's fitness, right? So making sure that that neurology is in place, that things become automatic, that we go from a level of mastery where it's subconscious competency, where we don't even have to think about it. It's just our nervous system. This is what we do. That only happens through training. I'll tell you right now, I've launched five uh, seven figure businesses in the last 22 years. And I've always held on to three things. Number one, marketing. I always have my hand on the marketing. I want to know where the business is growing to. I want to know what we're doing to influence that. Number two, I want to make sure that I'm always I have my finger on the pulse of the money, right? So it's critically important that you know exactly fiscally. It's a responsibility. Where is the money? Your job as the CEO is to marshal the limited resources of that business, right? So you can leverage the, the money properly and have an awareness and, and, and larve dominion states that we're gonna be blessed in a, with abundance where we've demonstrated the capacity to manage well the things that we've been trusted with already. And number three, and I'd say most importantly, is training. Training and equipping your people. Number one, marketing. Number two, the money. Number three, training. I never took my hands off of the training. So to wrap this episode and to go back to the example of, you know, when we looked at putting together an outside talk program, I wanted to make sure that I sat down and I set really clear expectations and agreements with the person that I was going to be delegating networking to. So they knew exactly what my expectations were to be able to say, listen, I expect you to do networking. I expect you to do networking on a regular basis to generate these relationships that we're going to leverage into outside talks. So I want to see you networking every single week, one networking event a week. I want to make sure that you are walking out of that networking event with leads, right? New relationship leads that you're going to follow up on. I want to see three leads coming out of every single event. I want to make sure that you are following up on those leads and scheduling those talks. I want to do one talk per week, right? So then I want to make sure that we have at least 12 to 15 qualified butts and seats. And then I want to make sure that we see a 50% uh, conversion rate. In other words, a close rate to scheduled paid day ones. That's setting expectations and agreements which are, with extraordinary um, clarity. And all of that is captured on the scorecard. It's written down because Dr. Pete said it best. If it's not written down, it doesn't exist. Another demartiniism, right? So if it's not written down, it doesn't exist. It gets captured on the scorecard. And then, of course, setting up incentives. In other words, rewards and consequences. Being really clear exactly how do they get paid. So if you produce, you get paid. If you don't, you starve, right? So making sure that they understand the rewards and consequences and setting those standards across a timeline so they know exactly the velocity that you expect them to achieve these goals. And what are the consequences if they don't? Be clear about it from the beginning. One of the important aspects of an agreement or a contract is to define how a relationship's gonna end, 
right? So that's the agreement is this is how we're going to execute this relationship. The contract says this is how the relationship is going to end. So make sure you define that from the beginning, rewards and consequences. And then finally, train and equip your people. Make sure that you pick the right team member, you delegate, set up expectations and agreements, and then you train and equip them so that you have, uh, you have provided them the best opportunity to be successful. Daniel Pink said it best, people want AMP. They want autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Autonomy, they wanna take a job, a role, and make it their own. Mastery, human beings wanna be awesome at what they do innately, okay? So train and equip those people. And then purpose, make sure that you're always tying their work back to the vision story so that they know this is worthwhile work. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable.